the Spirit of God. Give us illumination concerning the things that we should know about. Pertaining to our lives, we ask that you perfect that which concerns us. You framed all things by the word of God. Frame our lives with that same word. Build our lives with that same word today. We are here to glorify Jesus and bless his holy name. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for enabling us, empowering us to speak forth your word without reservation. Blessings to you, honor to you, even in this house here this morning. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Sit down, thank you. Bless God. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just want us to get straight into the Word of God. Um, yesterday, in our prayer rally, I started to teach on something that I actually wanted to build upon this morning, but I think since everybody did not get the opportunity to hear it, I would need to repeat it and start it from the beginning. The, the vision, the purpose of the spirit in the Christian man or woman is nothing less short than perfection. Christianity is about attaining the perfection, the stature, the the maturity of me. <laughs> the maturity of Christ. So when the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit, the intention was that the Spirit would develop the Christian woman, the Christian man, into the perfection of God. If you are a Christian and do not believe in that, you have a problem, a very big problem, because to disagree with that premise is to undermine the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer. Otherwise, why do we have the Holy Spirit? Why do we have the Holy Spirit? His purpose in our lives should be much more than a make me good feeling 
or enabling you to pray in other tongues. That's not his vision. In the, in the context of his humanity, Jesus was the protege, the prototype of the Holy Spirit. He was the first man to attain perfection by the Spirit. He was the first man to attain stature by the Spirit. And that stature has become the standard for every man, woman, who would live with this Holy Spirit. So Christ, Jesus is the prototype of the work of the Spirit in the life of a believer. So we, we, we must really understand why we have the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, otherwise, His ministry in our lives will be underused. Because we would, we, would, we would try to impose his work where it should not be placed. So the spirit has a role. And that role is to make man Christ's. Christ is a symbol of perfection, a symbol of a man in whom God is fully indwelt. That's why Christianity is not a, a humane endeavor, but supernatural, divine. It is divinely instituted. There is no government, no man on earth that can lay claims for authority over this institution because it is not from this world. The government of the Christian man or woman is not in this world. It is in the spirit. It is in the spirit for the kingdom of God is not it and drink but righteousness peace and joy in the spirit of God so at every you know junction in our lives we can measure our progress into that perfection into that vision into that stature of the spirit on the basis of how much Christ is formed in us. So Jesus becomes a man so that God shows us the end game, the, the, the goal, the end of the one in whom the Spirit indwells. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, those who are under his government, those who are under his, his jurisdiction, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. 
So there is a criteria by which we, we can spot he or she who is a son of God. He says we see that by how their lives are guided, reared, led by the Spirit of God. So every Christian must understand that the purpose of the Spirit of God in them, the goal of the Spirit of God in them is to manifest all the possibilities of Christ Jesus. So how does he bring us to that point? How does it bring us to the place where Christ is fully formed in us? The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says all man who has received it has become his temple. His house, his dwelling place, his residential address. That at any given point in time, the location of the Spirit of God is localized in he who has received him. So that tells us something. If if he if you are his temple. He's not your temple. You are his temple. If you are his temple, it tells you something. That his indwelling in you is purposed for the reign of the spirit in your life. So your life not only should be under his government, but he should be your life. He should be your life. You understand that? He should be your life. The Bible says Christ is all and in all. So the Spirit of God should be your life. He, he should be the immune system of the Christian man or woman. He says... I will be their God. He says, I will walk in them. He says, I will live in them. I will walk in them. The whole Greek word is emperipatio. Emperipatio is, is from where the, the English word parambulate is, is, is gotten. To parambulate means to survey a fence. Survey a territory. So he's the surveyor of his territory. You are his territory. You are his possession. So when, when he comes to live in you, until you understand the full scope of his purpose in you, it will be impossible to attain perfection. It will be impossible to attain stature, to attain what we call the unification, the unity of the faith. And impossible 
to attain the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The knowledge, the epignosis, a knowledge that brings you into the reality of that which is known. You not only know it, but you become it. The knowledge that changes you, that alters you. And the Holy Spirit is sent to mature us into that dimension. Remember, the power of the Spirit was responsible in Jesus or in the Word becoming flesh. Was responsible. He could never become flesh until the Holy Spirit overshadowed the womb of men. So I want us to look at something this morning. You must work again. It's up. Not, are you ready to work? Amen. So the Holy Spirit is, is responsible for Jesus or the Word becoming flesh. In other words, the Word materializing. So I want us to look at something. How God's Word becomes flesh. Because the fact that there was a point in time in which the word became flesh. Means there's actually a process. You understand? Through which every other word of God will materialize. So I want us to look at that process. Are you with me? But I want to start somewhere in bringing this understanding to us. Ah. Okay. Let's start at Hebrews. Alright? Let's start at he in Hebrews. And then let's go to Psalms. Thank you, Jesus. 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 My God. Thank you, Jesus. With them? Thank you, Jesus. Look, they broke this thing. I don't know who, but it's there. So what should we do? Who must get it? Yeah? You don't know. But you said you must get another one. No, you must get it. <laughs> yeah? You don't want to sell them out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, with them? Hebrews 11. Verse number three. Okay, I want us to start at verse one because I want to explain something there, all right? Yeah, be there. Yeah. Hebrews 
chapter 1, right? Now, faith is what? The substance of hopeful. So, faith is the substance. It's not what you hope for. I, 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 you understand me? Faith is not what you hope for. It's not what you hope for. Do you understand? In other words, faith, while it has everything to do with what you hope for, it itself is not what you are hoping for. What you are hoping for is what you do not see. Is not tangible to you. Right? So, what faith is, is, <laughs> is the, the substance, the, I want a word that you can understand. Yes. The proof of the existence of that which you hope for. So faith is proof, validation, assurance that that which you hope for exists. You don't see it, but faith assures you, proves to you, <coughs> it is evidential in nature. So it is not what you are hoping for, it is evidence. Evidence of what you hope for. You understand that? Yes, so it's evidence that that which you are hoping for exists. It's not it. It proves to you that your hopes are real. That's what faith is. As long as you do not have faith, that which you hope for does not exist. To you, does not exist because you have no evidence you have no assurance so faith is the substance of the things that we hope for the evidence of things not seen so it is substance the 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 the, the, the greek word there for substance is hypostasis hypostasis means a The ingredient of the thing, all right? That's what faith is. It's an essential ingredient in the manifestation of your hopes. So he says the evidence of things we do not see. That we do not see them does not mean they do not exist. Faith convinces us of the reality. It convinces us of, its, of, of, of the reality we do not see. That's what faith is. You can't see God. God is unseen. No man has seen God at any time except he who is in the bosom of the Father. God is not seen. So what convinces you of his reality? Faith. It's faith. Faith convinces you. Your faith is evidence. That you believe is evidence. You understand? 
it, it, it is not it is not a, 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 a material that you believe that you believe that's evidence so the proof of the existence of God to you is that you believe you believe it's important that you understand the concept of faith from that standpoint all right so faith what it does is that it exposes you to the dimensions of life that are oblivious or men are oblivious to so with faith we understand that there is the existence of other realms other dimensions of life that our eyes do not see so so faith acclimatizes the frequency of our spirit to the habitations of spirits so you 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 come alive into a dimension that you have not previously known existed that's what the bible says you were dead before christ then he says reckon now yourselves alive unto god in other words awaken So faith is responsible for giving you the consciousness, the knowledge of unseen realities. So faith has to be a higher dimension than the material dimension. Because by faith, you get to see things beyond the spectrum of the third dimensional world. So faith has a function, has a role to play in the life of every human being. So he says, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Then his verse 3, he said, by faith. Oh, by faith. By faith. We understand. What are these? These are what we call the teachings of faith. The teachings of faith. What faith teaches you about life is different from what uh, 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 gnosis, scientific knowledge teaches you about life. Because faith is in the realm of revelation. So he says, by faith, we understand. We understand that the world as a construction, the worlds, the worlds, the the aeons, generations, eternities. Says they were framed. You know, the Holy Spirit is a master of words. Paul could have used the word created there. He could have said, by, he says, by faith we understand that the worlds were created. Right? By the rhema of God. He could have used that. But he didn't. He uses a very strange, a very strange, in fact, that word only appears there once. Three times. Sorry, five times. 
katadia five times katadizo only appears five times all right only appears there five times in the entire new testament and in many of these cases it means to make when jesus said i will make you fishers of men it means to repair Now, why does the Holy Spirit specifically chooses this word to describe the operation of God's rhema in the aeons? To help us understand that God's word does much more than create. So he says, he frames the aeons. He frames the aeons by the rhema of God. Continue there. By faith we understand. Yep. Yeah. Remember the context. The context there is faith. The context is faith. The context is faith. And faith, he tells us, is the evidence of things not seen. And then he brings us to this point where he says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were catatizored by the rhema of God. The rhema of God. So that, yeah, the things which are seen were so what is seen is not from this world the, the source code you understand the source the, the origin of all that is seen the Bible says is, is made from what is not seen so there are elements that are responsible for everything that is seen. So there is a parallel dimension or what we call the parent realm. The originator dimension from which everything is seen comes from. But that realm in and of itself is not seen. The material, the elements that... that, that that creates or that makes what is seen itself or themselves are not seen. Hmm. And you need to have enrolled in the school of faith to understand how this came to be. Because only faith can teach you how this came to be. How what is now seen was at one point in the unseen. You understand? How that now which is visible was at one point invisible. And he says that the rhema of God is responsible for all that. 
So, let me dig into that a little bit. So, the, the, the unseen or the elements that are unseen, apparent, or apparent of that which is seen. So, everything that's tangible comes from an intangible dimension. Let's dig into it. Alright? Job. This is not what I'm teaching. But you have to understand it, right? What I'm teaching is still coming. But you have to understand this. <coughs> Job. 30... Job 38. Job 38. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Are you there? Let's read from verse... Six. Okay, let's read from verse three. He says, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. <laughs> Where were you? When I laid the foundations of the earth. Tell me if you have understanding. In other words, if Job had understanding, he could tell God. You understand that? If he had understanding, he could tell God. He could, if he had understanding. Where were you? I was in you. If he had understanding, probably he didn't. Who determined its measurements? its dimensions. Surely you know or who stretched the line upon it. To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Verse 8 is what I want you to, sh- I want you to see. You there? Amen. Or who shut the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb. He said, who shut the doors of the sea? The time they burst forth or issued forth from the womb. He said, the sea, the sea originates from the womb. The womb, the womb. What womb? <laughs> what womb? Ah. <laughs> yeah? What womb? Now wait. Let's ask a question. Alright? The Bible says that God created man, right? And then he formed him, right? 
Did he form him in the garden? No. Where did he form him? Where did God get the clay to form Adam? Did God form Adam in the garden? He formed him where? On earth? Yeah? Huh? Where? Because the Bible says that God took the man which he had formed and placed him in the garden. So he did not form him in the garden. Yeah, outside the garden where? <laughs> Sorry? On earth, because he used dust. Here's a question. Is dust only found on earth? Now remember, that which is seen, dust. That which is seen, dust, comes from that which is not seen. So there is an element that is responsible for dust. So when God formed, remember, remember, God is not corporeal. Corporeal. <laughs> Corporeal is from where we get the Greek word bodily. Where the Holy Spirit descended bodily. That means to be non-flesh, non-carnal. But also possessing features, physical features of a man. But God is spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, descended on Jesus bodily that means there was a physical dissension into jesus even though the holy spirit is spiritual mm. Mm. but you can't see the spirit yet is corporeal those when the holy spirit was descending only john saw the holy spirit because his mission his assignment the one who sent him said if you shall see the one in whom the spirit descending he said that is the christ so when John was conducting his ministry, every time he pulled somebody out from baptism, he looked up, nothing came. One day when he put Christ in and he came out, he saw the Spirit. Others didn't see. John saw. That's why only John could say, oh, that's the Christ. Because he saw the Spirit alighting on him. Bodily. 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 That same word for bodily is actually used again in Colossians where the, where the Bible tells us that the, the, the Godhead dwells in him bodily. So, wait. Where was Adam now formed? <laughs> okay. Psalms 1, 3, 9. Psalm 139, 139. Psalm 139. <laughs> 
Redus abalia. You there? Okay, let's read from verse uh, 14, 13. Verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. Yeah? Yeah? You covered me in my mother's womb. Yeah? I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yep. And that marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows, that my soul knows very well. Okay? Then he says, <laughs> My, uh, uh, my, 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 my substance, my body, my frame was not hidden from you when I was Hey, wait. When I was? Made. When I was? Made. No, read what you have there, right? When I was? Made in secret. Ah! Made in secret? Place. Place. So you will ask, okay, where, where is the secret place where David was made? Obvious. In his mother's womb. Correct? In his mother's womb. In his mother's womb. Mother's womb. Right? Right? Yes. In his mother's womb. Mm. Mm -mm. Yes, in mother's womb, right? Right? Amen. Okay, then he switches it. When I was made in secret, yeah, 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 yeah. Read it. So is the womb of your mother in the earth, in the lowest part of the earth. <laughs> so that's the question. Is the womb of your mind in the, in, the, in the lowest parts of the earth? No. So context, the secret place must refer to that place in the lowest part of the earth. The lowest part. He says when my frame was formed. In the lower form. In the lowest parts of the earth. Lowest parts of the earth. Lowest parts. Imagine. So God dig the hole. Is that what he's talking about? In the lowest parts of the earth. The word there means the deep places. The strength of that word comes from the meaning womb. So there they should have said when I was made in the womb. So he says the seed comes from the womb. The body of Adam comes from the womb of the earth. The womb of the earth. The womb. The earth has a womb through which everything that is physical comes through. The earth has a womb through which everything that is seen comes from. And that womb is called the matrix. Okay, that's the meaning of the, the, the word womb. Right? I didn't make that up. 
Now, that place is called the matrix. It says the sea which you see issues forth from the matrix. The body which you have comes from the matrix. Is the matrix the spirit realm? No. <laughs> no. Is not the spirit realm. The matrix, the matrix comes from the spirit realm. Oh, you're confusing us. <laughs> you're confusing us. I'm not confusing you. It's the Bible. It's not me. The Bible says that by the rhema, the aeons were framed so that what is seen is not made from what is visible. Visible, dead. Is not referring to the spirit. Visible there is referring to the womb. Not the spirit. So the sea. Here's, here's it. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say the sea issues forth from God. It's not, the Bible doesn't say Does it say that? Does God say to Job uh, when the sea issues forth from me? He said from the womb. From the womb. David says his body, his frame was fashioned, was formed, was wrought away in the womb, in the lower parts of the earth, in the womb of the earth. So the earth has a womb. Hmm. You understand that? That womb is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you follow? Amen. That place that is called the womb, comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You understand? Now you understand? Okay. Let's dig, uh, let's dig a little bit. Alright? This is not what I want to teach, but I have to explain this. Alright? Because it has to do with how the word becomes. So, Sister Jason, when God spoke, he was not speaking to the earth. Because the earth is the consequence. If, if something was breached on earth, the problem was not where it was seen. The problem is where it comes from. The problem is the root, the parent, the cause of that substance. So what God does to fix the substance is that he corrects the what? The aeon. Alright? Of that particular thing. So he speaks his word to, into the matrix. Whatever. Okay. Let me, let, me, let, me use, let me use a simple analogy. When Jesus, when Jesus, when, when, when the young, young boy who was deaf, right, and mute, couldn't speak, and they brought him to Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus cast out the deaf and dumb spirit, and the boy began to speak, and the boy began to hear. Why didn't Jesus pray for him? 
Why didn't Jesus pray for his ears? Why didn't Jesus pray for his mouth? Because the problem was not his mouth. Hmm. The problem was not his ears. The problem was what? Was the cause of that deficient, I mean, of that disease or whatever it is. The cause was the spirit, the deaf and dumb spirit. So what did Jesus do? He addressed it. Why? Because it was responsible for this condition. Mm. You understand that? So he said, come out. When he came out, the boy was healed. Proving to us that many human conditions are what? Unseen. Their reality is unseen. Their nature is unseen in nature. So what you are facing or what you are going through, the problem is not that thing. The problem is where it comes from. The source, the root. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against what? Other dimensional forces. Now you follow. Now you follow. So God doesn't need to speak to this. Right? What he speaks to is what controls it. You follow? Amen. You follow? Yes. Now you follow. So all things come from the womb. Okay. Everything comes from God. But God has created a system through which everything materializes. That's why I told you, you need the school of faith to understand this. So he says, that which is seen is not made from that which is visible. So reality is unseen. Because reality is what's responsible for what is seen. So what is seen is actually a shadow. It's not reality, it's a shadow. <laughs> That's why some, you know, scientists even began to assume that we live in a hologram. We live in a holographic state. To a certain degree, it's true. It's true. Because all you have to do to change your life is change the coding in your matrix. Womb. Womb. You see, most... You know, most of these TV, you know, most of these TV show producers know more about the Bible than Christians do. There are more revelations than most of us, most preachers. Because some of these concepts emanate from there. Okay, Pastor, where are you getting it? I'm going somewhere. But this you this you have to understand. You've got to you've got to really understand so that you 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 understand where your life goes wrong. Okay, let me show you something. Let me show you something quickly. Um, Proverbs 15. It's powerful, bro. Going to the realms today. 
chapter 15 you'll see it what I'm telling you you'll see it the, the, the eyes of the Lord are in every place verse 3 keeping watch on the evil and on the good now listen to this a wholesome tongue is a tree of life so a wholesome tongue the, the word wholesome there means mapei or healing tongue a healing tongue is a tree of life, right? But what? Perverseness in it breaks. Perverseness in what? The tongue. Perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Other translations say breaches the spirit. Perverseness, corruption in the tongue breaks the spirit. In other words, it breaks down the spirit. Ah. Ah. The word breach means there was, there was a transgression committed. So he says perverseness in the tongue breaks the spirit. What is the spirit? The spirit is the parent realm. So anything that happens to you physically can be traced somewhere. Can be traced somewhere. Everything that happens to you physically can be traced somewhere. Nothing happens on earth except words are spoken. Every action on earth since the beginning of the creation of this earth has been caused by words. You know when the Bible says, talks about Satan in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 when he says Jesus destroyed through death he who had the power of death the word their power has to do with the authority of words it's a power that he had over man not because he had the power but because man permitted him because only man has the power of death and life. Only man can decide to die and decide to live. Behold, I set before you death and life. Choose life. The day you eat, you die. Only man, it is given to man to have the power to decide whether to die, whether to live. So he who had the power of death manipulated that power because of the words that were spoken, that were released. Because the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Only a man what a body can legalize spirits to operate on earth. So when he says perverseness there, corruption thereof is breaching the spirit. It means every time there's perversity in your tongue, something happens in the parent realm. Something happens in the causal, in the causal realm. That manifests itself in certain physical conditions and circumstances in life. For every idle word that you shall speak, you shall give account of in the day of judgment. So, words are responsible for what? For fixing, repairing, creating new aeons. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why the bones could only listen to Ezekiel when Ezekiel said what God had said. That's why the rock could only listen to Moses. Because Moses was listening to God. <laughs> Is there a breach in the spirit? The action of spirits are permitted through words. Spirits connect without words. Connect. They can't. They are inoperative. Without words. That's one of the reasons why Mary could not be pregnant with Jesus until the angel came and spoke. Permission. The Bible talks about the womb of the morning and the womb of the night. The womb of the morning. It says in the beauty of holiness, in the womb of the morning, I praise your name. So your problems, though physical, are immaterial in nature. So what is reality? Chris grows up. Right? He grows up. He's born, he grows up. Okay? From the day he's born, his aeons become skewed. Right? He goes to a school that destiny did not arrange for him. He meets friends that destiny did not arrange for him. Right? He does a course in a, is in a career that destiny did not arrange for him. Okay? He marries somebody that destiny did not arrange for him. He buys a house that destiny did not arrange for him. He lives in that house that destiny did not arrange for him. What he's living is not what is in the blueprints of God. Is Chris living a reality? Is Chris living the truth? What is Chris living? A lie. And even in that state, Chris becomes a Christian. But his aeon is skewed from the path that God has set for him. So how is then God going to navigate Chris back? He's living in that house. He has already married that wife. How is God going to repair his aeon to align with the books of destiny over his life? Is there a way? Yeah. There is a way. There is a way. What is the way? That's what I want to answer for you. <clears throat> that even after you have made all the mistakes, 
you come to live in reality. That's why Paul put the word katatizo and not create there. To show us that aeons can be repaired. So Elijah comes and says, I'm he whose voice cries in the wilderness saying, make straight the way of the Lord. John was Elijah that came to make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight. It means that, that way was crooked. He made it straight. He aligned it. How? It is through the ring of God. Through the word 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 of God. Through the word. This thing, this thing called Rhema, called Logos, is more important than your degrees. In your jobs, in your business, this thing. <clears throat> See, the day you, the day it dawns on you who the Word of God really is, everything else will become shallow. Everything else will become shallow because you, you would have, you would have come into the highest understanding that a man can attain with regards to. The logos, the word of God. Hmm. So when God speaks, he, he said, He said, I'm close to him who trembles, who trembles at my word, who trembles at my word. Says that one I'm near to. There are those who, when God speaks, everything else takes a back seat. Those God says, I'm close to them. Amen. <laughs> Not when God speaks, yeah. you know that? There you go again. One, you don't know God. If you had known him, you would hear him. Two, the Holy Spirit has not yet awoken you to reality. Now, you understand? Amen. Let's get into the deeper parts. Psalm 78. Yeah, sometimes it takes long for you to get to where you want to go. Because you have to lay certain foundations. So by the time you get to what you want to say, you don't need to explain, but just move along. Psalm 7, 8, from verse 20, 20, 20, 23. From next week, we'll use our system, eh? our, yeah, I got it, yeah. 
said he'll deliver next week. So probably during the week, hopefully. Psalm, Psalm 78, verse 23. You there? Amen. Yet he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. <laughs> Yet he commanded the clouds above and opened the windows of heaven, the doors of heaven. He commanded, oh, what, did, what did he command the cloud? What did he say to the clouds? <laughs> because he commanded the clouds, what? See, this is where the Holy Spirit comes in, in your life. <coughs> because you read that, ah, maybe it's not important for me to know what he said to the clouds. It may not be important if, if you don't know what you're looking for. But when you're looking for something, it's very important. So he commanded the clouds and he opened the doors of heaven. And rained down. <laughs> And read, no, notice, he commanded the clouds and opened the windows of heaven. And he rained down. No, notice how God, how God, uh, you know, how the Holy Spirit uses wording, terminology, construction of words. He says he rained down manna. Manna was rained down. So there was a time in history where there were days where instead of rain falling, manna, something called manna fell down. Okay, we don't know what manna is. Let me show you what manna is. Uh, chapter, chapter 8. Deuteronomy. Verse 3, so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's, 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 it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why would he give them food? Why would he give them manna so that they should know that men shall not live by prayer alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? What was he saying? What is he telling them? That you may know. He says he fed you with manna which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know. You did not know. Nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that men shall not live by prayer alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So there's a lesson in manna. That we have to decode. Mm. Mm. This one is heavier than what I was sharing. <laughs> Let's read it again. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, allowed you to hunger, allowed you to hunger, and then he fed you with manna. Which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. 
that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives. But man lives. But man lives by every word. Man lives by every word of God. <laughs> you see, if you don't, didn't understand that first part, this one will be very difficult. So, he's, he's teaching them through the reigning of manna that, hey, man does not live by bread alone. Manna is not bread. In the sense that you think bread is. Manna was like some wafer thing. 78. So the reason for manna is that manna is a teaching. He gave them manna so that they may know that man shall not live by bread alone, but lives by every word from God. So, does it mean is he saying manna is the word from God? Because for 40 years they lived by manna. Is he saying that? Is he saying that manna the manna that they were eating for 40 years is the word of God that they were living by. Is that what he's communicating? Yep. No, why? So the manna is not the word. Yeah. So the manna is the manna that God was talking about. The word that they were living by. I, my, hear my question. My question is, God said he's, he, he, fed them, he allowed them to hunger and fed them with manna so that they can know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word from God. So is God saying to them, that what they were eating for 40 years in the wilderness was the word of God that they were living by. No. Because manna is the Do spirits eat? What do they eat? <laughs> no. They eat manna. Yeah? And it rained down manna upon them to eat. 
Mm. He, he rained down manna upon them to eat. Yeah? And, and, and what? And giving them from the? From the? From the? Where? From the bread of? Yeah? Yeah. And there were? Mm -mm. Men ate angels. Yeah. Something is going on here. So, they're in the wilderness, right? They're hungry. They start thinking about eating. Then God says, tomorrow, from tomorrow I'll send you food. And Bob says he takes from the bread of heaven <clears throat> and he rains down manna on them. Manna is a Hebrew word. What means this? He rains down manna for them. And then the Bible says, man ate angels' food. Man ate angels' food. See, when you read it like that, it doesn't, it doesn't bear the weight that it should as when you read it like man ate spirits' food. Because angels are spirits. Yeah. So men ate that which belonged to spirits. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense because, because spirits, spirits, the composition or the nature, the anatomy of spirits and spiritual elements are not physical in nature that man could eat as an edible. So the Bible says men ate angels' food. Whatever angel's food is, whatever angel's food is, how can man eat it? And the Bible says that food, they did not go up, it came down. So there had to have been a process of materialization. So the, the manna they ate could not have been what it was in heaven. Are you following me? So when it became manna, it was not what it was. The, 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 the constituents of manna was not the same as what it was in heaven. So it had to go through a process of what? Materialization. I guess it had to go through a process of materialization to the point where it became physical enough for men to eat off. So you look at something. Right? Mm -hmm. You ask two questions. You say, if the manna that Israel ate, right, 
did not look like the manna or the food that angels ate. What happened to the transmutation of that food? Because then you must ask yourself, what then do angels eat? How, 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 how does what angels eat look like? Food, spirits, food, food, food. Men eat angels' food, 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 food. When angels need food, what is food, by the way? <laughs> Is food, by the way. Okay, and now I got your attention, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One day, Jesus says to his disciples, "Hey, I have to go." Through way of Samaria. He goes through way of Samaria and along the way he got tired. He sat by the well, was weary. He said, I said I'm hungry. He said, hey, go buy us food. Go see if you can get food, some food for us. So while the disciples left, a woman came, right? And Jesus spent some time talking to this woman. The Bible says he was wearied of his journey. Hungry. Hungry. He was hungry. And then Speaks to this woman, speaks to this woman, woman, the woman gets blessed, runs off to the city. While the woman is gone, Jesus, the disciples come back to Jesus and say, Hey, yes, we got some food. Jesus said, eh, I'm not hungry anymore. He said, How? He's not hungry. He said to them, My food, my food is to do the will of He that sent me. He said, my food. He never ate. He said, my food. My food. My food is to do the will of he that sent me. My food. So when Jesus was ministering to that woman, Jesus was eating. Because when the disciples came, he was physically nourished. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So let's break this down. I want to break it down for you. Alright? I want to break it down for you. Because the manna is a lesson. The manna that they ate does not mean that what they were eating was God's word. That, it does not mean that. What it means, Right? What it means was that that manna, <coughs> that manna that they were eating, that was raining down from heaven every single day, issued forth from God's word. Remember, he commanded the clouds. 
I ask you, what did he say to the clouds? Because it was the clouds that kept. When water evaporates, that's what they say, right? When water evaporates into yeah, the sky by the sun. Yeah? The Bible says it, it precipitates, then causes condensation, then the clouds get filled, and then they... Right? But that's a lie. Isaiah 55 says this. As the what? As the rain? As the rain? Comes down. As the rain? Comes down. And falleth upon thee? Earth. And does not return? And does not return? Hey. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. You don't know your Bible. Read your Bible. And this is God that's talking. <laughs> Are you there? It says, For as the rain comes down and snow from, hey, as the rain comes down and snow from, Heaven. where do they come from? Heaven. Where does the rain come from? Heaven. Where does the snow come from? Heaven. Okay, Job 38, go back there again. Go to hell with you, Job 38? 8. Job 38? Job 38. Job 38. Are you there? Amen. Are you there? Amen. Okay. Verse number 22. Are you there? Amen. Have you entered, entered into the treasury of, of the snow? Or have you seen the treasury of hail? Which I have reserved against the time of trouble and against the day of battle for war. Oh. Oh. You there? Amen. By what way is the light parted which scatters the east wind upon the earth? Who has divided a water cause for the overflowing of waters? A way for the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness where there is no man, to satisfy the desolate waste and to cause the bud of the tender and spring to? Has the rain a father? It is your Bible, it's not me. Has the rain a father? <laughs> Who's asking these questions? God. Yeah? Wait. Has the rain a father? What verse is that? Has the rain a father? <laughs> Nazo. <laughs> Nazo. Has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? And the frost of heaven who gives it birth. 
The waters harden like stone and the surface of the deep. <laughs> so I'm asking you a question now. He says, as the rain and the snow comes down from where? Comes down from where? Comes down from where? Comes down from where? No evaporation here. Now here's what you must ask yourself. Do you believe man or do you believe God? And God said it does not return. Let's go back to Isaiah 55. And then I'll shock you with a scripture. I will shock you with a scripture. You there? For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there. So there is a place where snow stays. As is rain. The Bible calls it the treasures of snow. God asked, the father asked Job, he says, do you know the dwelling of the sun? Do you know where it dwells? So the sun has a dwelling place. If it has a dwelling place, he said, he said, he said can, you, can you determine its cause across the earth? Can you? So what moves? Sun or earth? <laughs> Sun stop, moon stop. Why is he stopping? Why is he not? If the sun is standing still, why is he stopping the sun? <laughs> and the dial of the sun went back with Ezekiel. The Bible says the dial of the sun went back. Went back. How? Why? The Bible says earth has foundations and it is not moved forever. It's Bible. It's Bible. So I want to answer the rain, the question, the cloud thing. Alright? So he says, but water the earth and do not return. Now, here's, here's verse 10. And do not return there. So there's no evaporation. They do not return there. That's your Bible. They do not return. No evaporation here. So where does the water come from? Oh, it's simple, huh? Genesis. Let me show you. I know when you were doing science, they tell you this the sky is blue because of the sun's reflection. What the hell? <laughs> the reason why you see the sky blue is because of the water. What the blue that you see is water. Genesis. 
must teach science even if we don't want to. <laughs> How many minutes? Okay, we there? We there? Okay. Verse 6. Chapter 1. Then God said, let there be a firmament. You know what a firmament? It's a solid, it's a solid expense. Solid. It's a solid expense. A solid dome. Say, let there be a dome, a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide what? The waters from? Let it divide what? From? Let it divide what? He says this firmament is where? In heaven. And it should divide what? Now, why is God putting a firmament in heaven to divide the waters? Which waters is he dividing? In heaven. Thus, God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament which was on earth from the waters which were above the what? The firmament. So, the firmament serves to divide what? The waters beneath, under the firmament, and the waters above the firmament. And God spoke to the waters that were what? under the firmament, and he called forth what? The earth. But those waters are still, where, where did they go? See, your science will make you forget your Bible. Where did, where did the waters above the firmament go? <laughs> Where did they go? Where did they go, Chris? The Bible says it was so. Yes, sir. Here's a question you must ask. Is the water under the firmament still in existence? Yes, yes, yes. So the water's above are there. Amen. So the blue that you see there water. is water. And that water is carried by what? The clouds. So when the Bible says he opened heaven, he opened the doors of heaven. He's not talking about his heaven, heaven. He's talking about this, the firmament. That's what firmament is. So if he wants rain, if he wants rain to fall on the earth, what does he do? He opened the doors. He opened the windows. The Bible says, who shut the doors of the sea? Now, when you go through every beach line in the world, the waters do not cross a certain line. No matter how strong the tide is out there, when it reaches the shore, it dies down. Why? There are doors there. When there is judgment, God opens that door and there's a tsunami. Okay. When, oh, shucks, Lord Jesus. Let me help you. Chapter 6. Chapter uh, Chapter 7. You there? Verse 11. 
In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on the day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And what happened? The rain was on the earth. It says the, the windows of heaven was opened. Not evaporation. The windows of heaven were opened, and it rained upon the earth for 40 days and What did God do? He opened the windows. I'll show you something. Come, let's go to Amos. Let's go to Amos. Amos chapter 9 verse 6. Amos chapter 9 verse 6. He says, He who builds, he who builds his layers in the sky. Wait, he built the word layer there should not have been layer. The word layer there Though, if you read Amplified, Amplified said the sky is upper chambers, right? Again, the word layer there is actually the word stairs, stairways. The Bible says, he who builds, he stairs in the heavens or in the sky. Right? <laughs> and he founded his strata. That's the dome. That's the firmament. He founded his firmament, his strata, his dome in the earth. Who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out of the face of the earth. What sea is he talking about here? He's talking about the sea above. So if God wants it to rain, all God does is that he does what? He opens the windows. And the sea then drops down. So what the clouds are are filters. That's what clouds are. They are filters. So when the water falls as water, it filters through the clouds and you see rain. Sometimes what God does is that he holds the rain. The clouds turn into ice. It's like the refrigerator. Sometimes it becomes like a refrigerator. It holds the ice. It becomes crystallized and it falls as snow. Hail does not need clouds. Hail, the Bible tells us, hail, hail. When there's hail, you must know angels are thrown. <laughs> if there's hail, okay, Joshua. Joshua. Chapter 10. (laughs) 
So Joshua was at war. Right? And the Lord said, don't fear them. I'll, 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 I'll destroy them. Verse 11. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth and Horon, that the Lord, that the Lord, that the Lord, that the Lord cast down, large, threw down, hurled, flinged large hailstones from where? From where? He threw them from heaven as far as Azekah and they died. And there were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Who was throwing the stones? You think the Lord will throw the stones? <laughs> who was throwing the stones? The angels. He hurled the stones. He threw them. He slung them. They were slinging the stones. The stones. See, hail doesn't need clouds. The Bible says they are reserved for the day of trouble. Whenever you see snow fall or hail, I mean, whenever you see hail fall, you know it's judgment. Whenever you see rain fall continuously, it's judgment. Causing floods, is judgment. Whenever you see snow fall excessively, it's judgment. So he commanded the clouds. What did he tell the clouds? Tend this bread. That's what he told the clouds. Turn this bread. Mm. Are you sure? Yeah. Jesus told Satan, turn these stones. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into them. So even though God's word was responsible for for changing the constitution of that heavenly bread. Because it's heavenly, it's, its substance is spiritual. So it has to materialize. And God says, I command the clouds. And the clouds rain down manna every single morning without fail. Every single morning without fail, there was manna. It came down like dew. The Bible says it came down like dew. And then when the sun came up, it crystallized. And they ate it. And all of them, the boxes were full. That wafer had all the nutrition their body needed. They didn't need any vitamin C, vitamin B, vitamin A, vitamin C. They needed all those vitamins. The boxes says there was none feeble among you all these 40 years. The constitution of manna, of bread, heavenly food, was changed. Why? They were in the wilderness. Why didn't God, like He did with, with Jonah, when 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 He caused when He caused a tree to grow up 
in a day and tomorrow it withered away. When it, why didn't God produce trees? Why didn't God call for trees to grow in the wilderness? Why does he choose to feed them from above and not from the earth? Why does God choose them to feed them from above and not from the earth? He says that men may know that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. So what is the word that proceeds from God's mouth? It's God's will for you. Oh. That's, that's God's food for you. Every, every, other, every other sustenance that will come from your life, every other provision that will come from your life, will come from God's will for you. If you never understand God's will, my brother and my sister, if you never understand the will of God for your life, the provisions associated with God's will may never come to you. Wait, 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 wait. Never come to you. Can never come to you. of him. It is written of me, oh God, in the volume of your book. I come to do that. So, how God materializes, fulfills his word for you, is on the basis of the will of God that is revealed. says the Lord planted a garden. He planted the garden for the man because in the garden were the trees. So God plants the man. He puts him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. To tend it means to cultivate it. To keep it means to protect it. That's, that's, that's a militant word. So you are supposed to tend it, cultivate it, tend it, and then manage it. And then to keep it, to protect it. And then the first thing God says to the man in Eden, Eden means luxury, the place of abundance, the city of luxury, glory. So he puts him in there and then God says to him, do this. He commands him, the Bible says. He commands him. God's will for Adam was to keep the garden. That's what, that, that was what God's will for Adam was at that time. In other words, to keep it, that means our enemies. Keep it from what? Protect it from what? 
Notice, in chapter 1, he commands him to subdue the earth, do all those things, right? But he doesn't begin to do all those things at that particular point in time. God trains him by giving him a garden. In that garden is everything he needs. He would not need to go outside the parameters of that garden to have all that he needs. Everything he requires for life is there. The Bible says fruit trees for food. Every single thing was in there. But God says he commanded him to do strictly certain things. First, tend and keep it. Second, do not eat of that tree. So, investigation here, the problem is not the eating of the tree. That's not the problem. The problem is that Adam failed to keep the garden, to protect the garden. That's why he fell. Because had he kept the garden, there would be no intrusion, there would be no deception, and there would be no death. So when he, when he failed to fulfill God's will for him, what happened to Adam? He was taken out of the, not out of Eden, not outside of Eden, outside the garden. He was taken outside. So he continued to live in Eden, just not in the garden. Because the garden was God's provision for him. You understand that? So it was what God did for Adam as long as he kept God's will. So the provisions of God were in the garden. The provisions of God were in the garden. So Adam was provided for as long as he kept the will of God. failed to keep God's will, he was taken out. So, the land of provision, the city of abundance, the rest of God can only be accessed when man has an understanding, a revelation of God's will for their life. For their life. For their life. For your life. Hmm. To understand. Jesus said, I know it is written of me. He knew what was written concerning him. <clears throat> Every time that he might fulfill what was written, that he might fulfill. What are you fulfilling? Hmm. Maybe that's why you're not eating. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's why you're not resting. <laughs> you see that? Now that's level one. There's a level two. Ah, still time. There's a level two. Alright? To how God now makes his word flesh. Let's read John chapter one. Now you, you understand the, the man ate dangerous food? You understand it now? Yes, There's clarity? Yes, yes, 
So there is, there is a place in your life where you reach, where everything you have comes from above. They, they, they ask Jesus, where does this authority come from? He, he says to them, let me ask you, if you answer me, I'll tell you. Then they say, where, 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 the authority of John, where did it come from? From heaven or from man? The Bible says they knew, they knew, they didn't answer. They said, neither will I tell you. But later on, he told Pontius Pilate, told him, boy, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. If it were of this world, you'll see something. He says, my servants will fight. <laughs> and no authority can be given over me except it be given to you from above. above. Jesus understood it. He understood it. The power, the power, Israel is a shadow. They are a pattern. They are a pattern. What, what, look at me. What worldly system did God use to feed Israel? What factory? What bill to cater for the needs of Israel? What human way was used to provide for Israel? Now, God who provided for them is still the same God. Mm. The God who materialized manna is still the same God. He has never changed and his desires for his people has never changed. What is God waiting for? He's waiting for a generation who believes. You know how Jesus was angered when he came down in Matthew chapter 17 from the mountain of transfiguration and he found that the disciples could not deal with a case? You heard how, how irritated he was? How, how long shall I be with you? Oh, you of unbelief. Just faithless generation. He was angry. Because he expected them to deal with this thing. You see, unless we, we capture the word, the revelation of God's word. Brothers and sisters, I promise you, you will work all your life and never be satisfied. You will struggle and toil all your life. I, 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 for me, you see, for me, I look at my Bible, right? I look at my Bible and I make a choice. Do I live by this thing, trust this thing wholly? Or do I, do I mix this and what is already programmed into society? I must decide. If I follow this, I follow this 100%. If I don't, I don't. You can't say, I want God, but I also want... No. I said to the Messiah, I said, if you cannot prioritize, exalt the word of God above every other thing, 
you must question your Christianity. Christianity is an all-in or nothing life. It's all in or nothing. You can't be in and still want that. All in or nothing. If you want to be in, you must forsake all. See, what, the reason why the word of God is not working. The Bible says the word is the seed. That's what the Bible says. The word is the seed. And if the word comes into an environment that is not conducive for it, it does not grow. You see, what, what, the, what that parable teaches is not so much the importance of a ground, but the sensitivity of the seed. The sensitivity of the seed. The seed is sensitive. So it requires good ground. A heart, a life that is able to, to incubate the seed. And listen, listen. The farmer still needs to protect his crop against all these other scavenging birds. The scavenger of the Christian is Satan. But the birds of the air, they come and eat the seed. So the seed is sensitive. So there's a, there's a way you must look at the word, perceive the word, relate with the word of God. If that relation is not there, you're going to find it difficult for you to live by God. Here you are, you are in the wilderness. There's nothing. Where are you going to go? You know what they say? Let's go back to Egypt. At least there we had something. Yeah. Why? Because you, you, have not, you have not embraced the way of the Lord. There is the way of the Lord. Listen. Listen, here's, here's the thing, Sister Jessica. No matter how much you will try to sugar, sugarcoat it, labor in this world is a function of the fall of man. No matter how much you can sugarcoat it, mm -hmm. God said you will eat from the sweat of your brow. Mm -hmm. Cursed is the ground for your sake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He changed it with, Mo, with Noah and Noah took it back again. He reinstituted the curse. Yeah, sadly, it's mostly about black. Yep. So that's why you need the Holy Spirit to help you to help you overcome this world to help you overcome the systems of this world and until here's the thing until you 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 fully commit nothing what God nothing works Here's the thing. 
God can be fooled. Okay? He knows us. Can't fool God. He knows us. So he knows when you are serious and when you are not. He knows when you are in or in between. So you can't deceive him thinking, maybe if I show face, something will happen. No. And that's why for, for generations, Christianity has been operating here. At a very substandard level. Very substandard level. Why? Because we have not been able to capture the preciousness of the world. The preciousness of his world. So even though God speaks, God, you know, gives his prophetic words to us, our lives really doesn't align with God because we have not captured what is this thing that is taking place. When God speaks, you must know God. I asked them, I asked them, what school did Israel go to? What university did they go to? What businesses did they have in the wilderness? Oh, name them for me. Name them for me. Are they? So why did God provide for them? Yeah, but Paul says, he that does not work, Paul is Paul. <laughs> Paul is Paul. Yeah, I'm talking about God. Paul is Paul. You understand what I'm saying? Paul is Paul. He had his own agenda. I mean, you understand? He had his own way. He, he said he didn't want to show as overpowering. Mm. But that, that's his own problem. Mm. That is, no, that, that's his own problem. Because Jesus said, he that preaches the gospel must live by the gospel. And Paul knew it too. Mm. That's why he's crying there in, 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 in chapter 9 of Corinthians when he's telling them, do we not also have right to take of your material seeing that we sow into your spiritual lives? Do we not have right to take up wives like our brother Cephas? Why are we amongst others defrauded from our rights? Then he says, but for the sake of the gospel, we do not use our rights. It's Paul. It's Paul. It's Paul. He's the one that decided to go do tent making. It's Paul. <laughs> Jesus called him to ministry. He's doing tent making. It's Paul. That doesn't mean that's the pattern of God. Mm. Paul had problems with his eyes. He spoke to the Galatians. He says, I know you love me so much. You receive me as an angel of God. That even if you are possible, you will pluck out your own eyes and give them to me. He had problems with his eyesight. That was his infirmity. He couldn't see clearly. Was that God's best? No. No, that wasn't God's best. <clears throat> After they received the Holy Spirit, do you ever see them again? Going fishing? No, sir. You don't. Do you ever see Jesus again going back to carpentry? No. You don't see them. You don't see, you 
don't see Peter now going to fishing. You see Paul, and he was wrong. That's he was wrong. Because the Bible says, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the ministry which I have called them. So he was he was employed by somebody. He understood that. Yeah, we can't speak. Paul is not Jesus. <laughs> you know Jesus. So, so you 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 follow the pattern of God. You look at God. And there was a reason why he told them to work. So that, so that they don't go around being busy bodies and gossipers. Because if you're idle, you start doing those kind of nonsensical things. So he says, keep yourselves busy. Use your hands. Keep yourselves busy. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the point I'm trying to make is that what do you do after God has spoken to you? After you've heard his voice, what do you do? What do you do? Here I'm not talking about miracles. Because what was best to them was normal up there. God gave them of the bread. There was a normality. You understand? It was a norm. To them, it was the best. The be What's more best than angels' food here on earth? Nothing. But there, it was. It was. It was normal. So, what do you do after God has spoken? See, the problem with us is that we have not been programmed to follow after God's voice, to seek after God's voice, to pursue after God. We have not been, that programming in us is still dead. With God, true achievement is what you did that he said you must do or what you did not do that he said you should not do. That's true achievement. You get it? So it's not like you can be anything you want to be. No, that's 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 a fallen way of talking. I can't tell you too, you can be anything you want to be, but no, 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 if you want to be on the right side of life, you can't be anything you want to be. You must be who God said you should be. You must be who God wants you to be. How difficult it must have been for Abraham to change and recause his entire life after he heard God speak. <clears throat> See why God can't speak to most of us because He knows we are unwilling. We will be unwilling to change. Mm -hmm. So He just says, "Stay in that, stay in that road, stay in that path." 
But when you get to heaven, you are shocked. You did nothing that you were destined for. Every time the angels came, Samson, same thing. The angel appeared and he told them this will be, this son will be this. Jesus, Mary, angel, this one will be the savior. Moshe, same thing. This one will be this. Why? Why? Why is it important? Why is it important for parents to know that? Why? Why is it important that you should know that? So that you don't find yourself going there, going there, going there. Trial and error, brothers and sisters, is not wisdom. Wisdom is when you minimize trial and error in your life. That's wisdom. What do I do? So I'm trying to help you grasp. So I'm trying to help you grasp. So the word can become flesh. Yes, I said, the word can become flesh. Now, give me thirty minutes, all right? I know it's two hours preaching, but give me thirty minutes. Please, Amen. is that fine? Amen. Unless you want to leave, we can close now. Go home, no problem. <laughs> 30 minutes? Yes. Okay. It's, it's 11. It's still early, a bit early, all right? Amen. So 30 minutes, all right? Amen. I want to explain this to you. So let's move to level two. Okay? Amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1. <clears throat> you there? Yeah. Let's read verse 20, please. Okay, let's read verse... Okay, let's read verse 20 and then verse 18. Please, let's read it. But... While he thought about these things, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid, for that which is is of the. Let's read verse 18. So now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother was betrothed to before they came to she was it was discovered hey, she has a child this one she has she, this one has a child now just imagine imagine yourself right imagine yourself you're, you're part of their family right and you, you saw them when they were betrothed and you know these are Two God-fearing people. Right? So they will not do anything, you know, out of the norm until they have sealed their marriage vows. So yes. Then all of a sudden, after they have been thrown out, Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant. And then 
Joseph is now asking questions. <laughs> You're pregnant. Okay. So this guy now asked Mary, what happened? She says, no. This is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Yes, the angel came to me and told me I will have a son. So the Holy Spirit impregnated me. And at that time, Mary is about 15 years old. Fourteen, fifteen years old. Joseph, Joseph is older. That's was tradition. Yes, that's how old she was. The mother of Jesus. So you betrothed her. To betrothed doesn't mean now you live together. You betrothed her and then you come back later after when she's of age. And then you marry her. Right? So she was still chaste. She was a virgin. Right? So everybody knew. Because in Israel, you do not... A man doesn't marry a girl who's a virgin. Go read the laws. If it is found that after they married that this girl was not a virgin, the man goes to the priest and he provides proof. If it is found that she was not a virgin, they, they stone her to death because she, she has brought evil into the camp. It's righteousness. So Mary, Mary was a virgin. So now, now this hit Joseph because now he's like, you're not a virgin. That's why he said because he was a just man, he wanted to what? He wanted to just put her away quickly before this news spread. So Joseph is thinking there, and the angel appears and says, Baba. <laughs> <laughs> Because only, only, only the Spirit of God could convince Joseph that what Mary had inside her was actually of the Lord. Because it was humanly impossible for such a thing to take place. So Mary becomes the custodian, the conduit, the reference point for how the word becomes flesh. So if you really want to understand, you must look at Mary because it was through her that the word became flesh. So we must study what constituted or what warranted, first of all, the, the qualification for Mary to bear. A womb to become a vessel 
through mm. which the word becomes flesh. So there are conditions that Mary should and must have met for that to take place. Mm. It didn't just happen. Mary, no. It didn't just happen. Glory. So there are a lot of things, you know, I can begin to ask around that uh, event. But the, the main fact was that it was the child of the... So whatever was in her was from the Holy Spirit. So you ask yourself, can spirits bear? Can spirits produce? The simple answer is yes. <laughs> what did the angels do in Genesis chapter 6? They took wives. They took wives. And they did what? Progenated. So now the Holy Spirit impregnates her. How did he do that? He didn't sleep with her. There's no sexual intercourse. How did that happen? Verse 26, chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. The angel Gabriel was sent, was sent, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel was sent by God. So I want to know. See, when I read the Bible, I want to know what is not said. Like here, the angel was sent, was sent to a city, to a virgin. So when God sent Gabriel, what did God say to Gabriel? That's, what I, that's, that's how I'm wired. That's what I want to know. What did God send Gabriel to say? And why did God send her to that specific city, to that specific virgin? There were other virgins. Why that specific one? So here's God. Gabriel, go to Galilee, find this woman. She's called Mary. She lives in such and such a house. Tell her this. Why choose her? Why choose that? Yeah, let's get into it. And having come in, so the angel came in. 
The angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among... <laughs> so she was distinct. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. <laughs> She's no... <laughs> For you have found favor. Ah. 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 She has found favor. She has found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered and said to her, Gentle as the dove you come, Holy Spirit, how I love you. Piano. As powerful as the wind you come, as gentle as the dove. Holy Spirit, how I love you. It says, and the angel answered her, the Holy, the Holy thinking how much of God's word in the lives of his people fail to bear fruit because they don't understand the miracle component <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit Sometimes I think, I think, okay, maybe I understand. Maybe because they don't see him, they don't know him, they, you know, they, maybe that's why they don't understand. But then I realize, I realize there's no reason why any child of God should not know the Spirit. No reason. No reason. 
Listen, you, you would think the angel would be confused as to how this, this humanly impossible fit would come to pass. Mary asks humbly, I know no man. How, 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 how can this thing be? I know no man. As far as I know, it is you. You, you can't blame Mary. She knew. It, she has never heard of such a thing. <clears throat> and the angel gave her a reply. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, oh my God, my Lord, Thank you, Jesus. You, you, you forgot it, ne? I know. Uh, you, you have it? Yeah? The melody for this song? It's in your phone. I think it's, it's in one of the, the recordings there. Yeah, you forgot it. On the platform, yeah. I think it's number. I think it's number. Bring here. Yeah, there are a lot of these things, Chris. Remember it. Let me hear. Why oh, you forgot it? Uh. <laughs> oh, you remember it? Clearly, hundred percent. Okay. Holy Ghost. So, what materialized the Word, what made the Word flesh, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
is in the word became flesh and dwelt upon us and we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. The Holy Spirit think about what will really happen if he truly took over and took a hold of your life. <clears throat> think about what eternal verities, eternal realities he would make flesh in your life. If he overshadowed you, came upon you, and had his way in you. The reason why I talk about the Holy Spirit so much is not because I don't have any other thing to teach or to speak or to preach. But in my walk with God, I've discovered something that I've found almost non-existent in the lives of many Christians. To have power doesn't mean you have the whole, you know the Holy Spirit. To have revelation doesn't mean you have the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit can work in your life and you never know it. The Holy Spirit can work in your life and you never know Him. He, you can have all the manifestations of the Spirit of God operative in your life and you never know Him. You don't need to know the Holy Spirit to operate His gifts. You don't need to know the Holy Spirit to operate His power. But if you want to know Jesus, if you want to know God, if you want to know the things of God, you cannot without the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> he made the word flesh. Elijah does something strange. Daniel also. But Elijah, specifically, God says to Elijah, go stand before Ahab and I will bring rain upon the earth. And Elijah goes and stands before Ahab. He goes and stands before him. But the rain doesn't come. The rain doesn't come. But God said, stand and I'll bring the rain. The rain doesn't come even after Elijah stands before Ahab. Elijah doesn't ask God why. He doesn't question God. You know what he does? He goes on a mountain. The Bible says he puts his face in between his knees. And Elijah begins praying. He prays once and he says to his servant, Go and look out into the horizon and tell me what you see. 
the boy goes. We don't know how long he took. We don't know how far the journey was. All we know is that for seven times, the boy came back. For six times, the boy came back and says, I see nothing. He says, go back. The boy came back and says, I see nothing. <clears throat> but God spoke. God said, I'll bring rain. There was no sign of rain. No sign of rain whatsoever. And Elijah doesn't quit because God said, I will bring the rain. The second time he goes, he says, go back. The third time, he says, go back. The fourth time, he says, go back. The fifth time, he says, go back. The sixth time, he says, go back. The seventh time, boy says, I see a cloud like the size of a man's hand. And Elijah says, that's it. Tell Ahab to run quickly, for I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Same thing with Daniel. 70 years had passed. He's searching how we should be out of Babylon. We're not out yet. This is a man who was living nicely in the palace. But he's looking at the word of the Lord. He says, no, something is wrong. Something is wrong. He set his heart toward the Lord to seek understanding. He prays the whole day. By evening's time, an angel comes and says, I've come to give you understanding of this vision. What happens when what God said is not materializing? Did he lie? What happens when what God has said will come to pass does not come to pass in the time in which he said it will come to pass? What happens? What do you do? When the prophetic words seemingly are delaying, what do you do when there's no fulfillment, when there's a delay of the vision of the Lord, when there's a delay of the fulfillment of the word of the Lord, what do you do? The Holy Spirit is the answer. When word is not becoming flesh, the Holy Spirit is the answer. Holy Spirit is the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. I tell like the wind, gentle like the dove. I love you, Holy Spirit. I tell like the wind, gentle like the dove. I love you, Holy Spirit. I tell like the wind, gentle like the dove. I love you, Holy Thank you.
now. <laughs> Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we need you now. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we need you now. <laughs> oh, Holy Ghost, oh, Holy Ghost, we need you now, Lord. I Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we need you now. Come upon us, let your power shadow us now. We need you, Lord. Come upon us, let your power shadow us, we need you now. Come upon us, Lord, shadow us with your power, we need you now. Every word you've spoken, and every vision you show, every dream given, let it come to pass now. Oh, every word you've spoken, every vision shown, every dream given, let it come to pass now. Cause I know whose I am, and I know who I serve. It is you, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we need you now. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we need you now. Think about what God has promised you. What God has spoken over your life. Think about the prophetic words over your life. Think about them. How important are their fulfillment to you? The answer is the Holy Ghost. The angel told Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And that holy thing which is to be born shall be called the Son of God when the power of the Almighty overshadows you. The Holy Ghost is the answer. Taliyama kosele traliangrosta pralia. Zembrali drato zalavranch calebrele duzetra san shalabratea. Speak, Lord. 
<laughs> Move Lord Oh wait At this time to wait oh God We are ready We've been praying Now it's time to do Oh Now it's time it's the set time the hour has come the time of accomplishment the time of fulfillment every word you have spoken it's time now lord I know what I'll do when his word becomes my flesh. I know what I'll do when his word comes to pass. Glory in his presence. Rejoice in his presence. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. When the Lord has turned again the captivity of Zion. When the Lord has turned again the captivity of Zion. I know what I'll do. When the Lord has brought his word to pass, I know what I'll do. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. This is the Lord's doing. Marvelous in our eyes. Rejoicing has come. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. Then our mouths will fill with laughter and singing. Dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh. 
and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. 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 Praise.
I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. Cause in your presence there's fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore and in your presence and at your right hand and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right pleasures forevermore pleasures forevermore pleasures forevermore never ending pleasures that's your right hand by your spirit I will rise. By your spirit I'll arrive. <laughs> oh, by your spirit I will rise. By your spirit I'll arrive. By your spirit I will come. By your spirit, I'll arrive. shall By your spirit, I will come. By your spirit, I'll arrive. By your spirit, I will come. By your spirit I will rise, Manda Palote Kae. By your spirit I, woo, Jesus. By your spirit I will rise. By your spirit I'll arise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. I will dance and laugh and I'll give him praise. I will dance and laugh and give him praise. The song is prophetic. It's a prophetic preparation. 
for the hour ye shall come and now is even at the doors I will dance and laugh I will give him praise for what he's done that he has spoken for what he's done that he has shown me I will dance I will not withhold for he will have done it for me oh. thank you thank you precious Holy Ghost Thank you. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Thank you. to become flesh. Your nine months is due. The word became flesh and you shall behold his glory. You shall behold his glory. Woo! Labor time. Mandoro tele braka bashaele go bahai. The water broke. It's time to give birth. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not bring it to pass, says the Lord? Shall I, he who caused labor, not fulfill my word. Hi, 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 hi. He said it. He said you shall enter 2020 with your jaws wide open. <laughs> he said it. 
The psalmist says, we were like them that dream. Oh! Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. God! Glory, glory, glory. Woo! My God. Happening right now. The word of the Lord, it comes to pass. 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 East winds blow. South winds blow. The word of the Lord comes to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jaws wide open. Like those who dream. This is the Lord's doing. Ha ha. The Lord's doing. The Lord's doing. The Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Marvelous in our eyes. Marvelous in our eyes. The Lord's doing. Marvelous in our eyes. Woo! 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 My, my, my. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And not one word failed. And not one word failed. And not one word failed. But all came to pass. Not one word of all the good promises that he had made to Israel. Not one word failed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. From the rising of the sun to the setting down of the same, make your name great. Make your name great From the rising of the sun To the setting down of the same Make your name great Make your name Lift up, lift up, lift up incense to your holy name. We raise our voices, cry aloud, and bless your holy name. We say you are great, you are awesome. You are mighty God, you are from the rising of the sun to the setting down of the sun. You said you'll make your name great. You said you'll make your name great. Make your name great, Jesus. Lift your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lightnings and thunders. Lightnings and thunders. Bright showers of rain. Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of letter rain. Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of letter rain. Lord, we ask for rain. Lord, we ask for rain. It's the time of the letter rain. Lightnings and thunders, bright showers of rain. Mm. There is a move of your spirit. Ah. Lightnings and thunders, 
bright showers of rain. What is this I see? Ah, what is this I see? The move, the move of the Holy Spirit. Ah, it's coming like rain, coming like thunders and lightning. Ah, flashes of lightning from the heavens. The move of the Holy Spirit. Overflow. We're in the Overflowing of your spirit Overflow 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 Let it overflow Let it overflow, let it overflow, rivers of living waters, let it overflow, moves of the Holy Ghost, let them overflow. Rain, rain of the Spirit, let it overflow, let it overflow, let it overflow, let it overflow.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yeah.